Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. with Underwood Throw is underway on the Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us across Outkick, which includes our YouTube channel right now. Streaming live, search out Outkick, hit subscribe. You'll be able to join Chad in the chat throughout today's show live. Catch all the shows on demand from the Outkick channel as well as Outkick.com. And if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Clayton Safey will join us uh, coming up in about 20 minutes. He's with on three through the Wolverine covering all things Michigan athletics. Uh, Plenty to hit on from the football and basketball perspective. From Jim Harbaugh to Jawan Howard. We'll cover it uh, coming up in about 20. Plus, uh, A.J. Przinsky, Fox's MLB analyst, will join us in hour number two. And our fearless leader, Clay Travis, as well, each and every Wednesday. Check it after. Look at us getting some Fox Sports guests on the show. Go. Love it. We, we know it's going to be a good day when that happens. When Fox Sports says yes, we are ready to rock and roll. Rock it. Hunt, I'm ready to bang some damn hats today. This is going to be fun. Uh, we are one day away from our show's official start of the weekend, which is Thursday. So let's roll into the weekend the right way. That's right. We We're will. getting ready for our weekend on this Wednesday. Uh, your, your lovely daughter, Evie, had her acting debut last night. And uh, while you are now at the thespian family, um, another actor, at least he portrays himself to be one, is well, Draymond Green, who is ejected yet again uh, in the NBA. And the, the association... Needs to do more than a five-gay suspension now after the flailing that went on. So, Draymond Green, the biggest problem with him is, is not just the repeat offender status and a guy who continues to try to convince people that he's not meaning to do these things. Right. Which is the most ridiculous claim when you are as graceful of a professional athlete as him. If you think that he was not trying to hit him in the face last night. I, I can't help you. That was not a, an accident. That was not a mistake. If you've watched sports long enough, if you ever played sports, you know what is intentional and what is unintentional. And what happened last night with Draymond Green and the, the slap to the face was absolutely intentional. Here is the problem with Draymond Green and what the NBA has to assess and has to label him as, not only as a repeat offender, as a non-remorseful repeat offender. The character Red, played by Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption, for years and years he'd come up for parole. And every time he came up for parole, if you remember the movie, he'd say, I've seen the error of my way. If I could go back to that 18-year-old kid, I would tell him not to commit that awful crime. I've been in here long enough. I am reformed. I'm ready to go. And every time the parole board stamped him, denied, denied, denied. And finally, in the end of the movie, I don't want to spoil this for anyone. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm too damn old and I've been doing this too long. So you go ahead and stamp your little book, Sonny. I don't care what you say, because I'm probably going to end up dying here at this point. And what happened? Approved. And he was put out on parole at that point. Draymond Green is the opposite of that character. He starts with the denial. He starts with not caring. He starts with a press conference that says, you guys know I don't like to apologize for things I didn't intend to do, so I'm not sorry for that, but I am sorry to, to Nusa, or Yusuf for 
what what, uh, what I think was unintentional because I hit him in the face. Give me a break, dude. Show some remorse. If he's not worthy of a 25-plus game suspension as a repeat offender, I don't know who would be in the NBA. I don't know if, if he's not if it's not worthy of a suspension like that with the chokehold. I don't with Gobert. I don't know what this suspension brings now. If they're factoring in previous uh, instances where you can go back to the playoffs, of course it all ties back in with uh, Jordan Poole from the last season in the preseason. You've got all of these uh, accounts on record, but yet he goes to the podium last night and says this. I was pulling my hip and I was swinging away to sell the car, made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell cars with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a car. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the car because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. He's not a flopper, Chad. He's, this is the, uh, the the 180 of that, the 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 other extreme, flailing like he's in uh, he's a Monday Night Raw for WWE. Uh, I'll give him credit. He he has the ability to, you know, swing his arms and make it seem so nonchalant that no other player in the NBA currently can pull this off if it's so uh, unintentional. It is intentional, uh, and he does it with more than his arms. He's stepping on players. Uh, he's uh, putting players in a, a chokehold. Uh, this this is going on and on to the point where it's he's, he's mocking those that are making the decision whether or not to suspend him for longer than five games, which clearly didn't play a factor uh, in, in any thought in his mind to stop doing what he's doing. Yusuf Nurkic got popped in the face by an intentional slap and open hand swat to his face. That that is point blank. The video shows that. He can spin this BS about, I didn't intend to do it, and I I sell calls. What was he said? I I sell calls. I'm trying to get calls with my, and I flee my arms. Dude, that's flopping. It's flopping by a different name. You are a flop artist. You can flop standing up. We see it all over basketball, guys who are dribbling and do the, the wild flopping motion while they're dribbling to try to get a call. Yes, it's part of the game in many ways, but you are an extreme flop artist. It just happens to be that while you're flopping, you find ways to inflict pain and be cheap against the guy that fouled you. And that's what he did last night. He got a little shove from behind, basketball move, starting to go post up, and the guy gave him a little body. And then he decided to slap him in the face. And now he's going to act like he didn't do it. And Steve Kerr is fed up with this stuff. Steve Kerr postgame is saying, gotta be. we need Draymond. We've told him that. And he continues. He gets right back from suspension. This team is, what, 10 and 13 now? They're struggling mightily. They get the guy back they need from, from suspension. And pretty quickly goes back out there and smacks another dude in the face. And he's going to get suspended for it. I just hope it's for a lot of games. Because the five-game suspension, the short-term stuff is not getting through to him. And the fact that he's not owning it tells me that you've got a real problem on your hand, Adam Silver, and you've got to act and do something more extreme than just five games. Hutton, I think this is the time where they will act in a bigger way. Well, and also keep in mind, 
there's not really a chance that he's going to get that inbounds pass anyway, where he's fighting for position. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And, and this goes, I believe Joe Dumars is is over the the discipline and, and handing down the, the suspension or the length of time missed. Um, and couldn't the Warriors do this too if they wanted to? If Steve Kerr is fed up with it? Oh yeah, and if they, if he's so if it's so awful, I mean he's had 19 career ejections. He's number two in the NBA all time. If he's so fed up, why'd you bring him back? Why'd you choose to bring him back over? Oh, Paul? But because he, he, because they need him. I mean he said it. They need him. Here, here would be my question he, about that. He's the burden that you want on your team and not off your team. Well, and, and the point from Steve Kerr is we need you playing with an edge. We don't need you smacking guys in the face for no good reason and putting yourself in jeopardy of a long suspension again. Like, that stuff has to go away. We want you playing with an edge. Here would be my question. Is Draymond Green any good if he's not doing this? Because it seems to me that this is who he is at this point. He's a cheap shot artist. And that is productive for Golden State. Clearly, he's better when he is hitting people below the belt, when he's kicking guys, when he's putting someone in a chokehold, when he's open-hand pie-face smacking someone for no reason. So is he going to be a good player? If he stops doing this, I, I don't know. There are certain guys that just need to play like this. If so, probably not a place for him in the league right now because he is a cheap shot artist, but he's a cheap shot artist that, as Steve Kerr said, the Warriors need. Well, and he's better than just a role player. That's the other key to this. Um, you know, I think of, in his description, listening to Draymond there, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to, to flop. I'm not, he's not looking to embellish something that has happened to him. I, I think of Rodman in that same manner. And the things that the teams that he was a part of, Shaquille O'Neal called him the worst teammate he's ever had because of the, the length of uh, areas and and what you had to do in order to, to get, uh, allow him to be Dennis Rodman and to keep the locker room stable at the same time. Uh, we, we It's been documented what Phil Jackson did uh, on behalf of just letting Dennis Rodman clear his head with Carmen Electra uh, <laughs> headed out on a, you know, a, escapade in the middle of the season he was ejected 12 times in his career and going that's in, crazy yeah now different and, different league then too in terms of what you could get away with well Rasheed Wallace leads the league though that was just that was just after the Rodman era and they overlapped so it's and they've adjusted this to where now a flagrant two or, or two flagrant ones is an automatic ejection but I mean it's he is He's that version of this NBA era. But see, in and, that in and, that NBA era, if he did stuff like that, it would lead to a fight. And no one in today's NBA is fighting. I, I agree. So there's no, um, for lack of a better term, prison justice that's put out there. And that is guys taking it in their own hands that if you do something, much like in baseball, you start playing a little game of beanball when something goes awry, right? I, I don't see that in today's NBA. So... You kind of got a guy out there who's the lone uh, assaulter, and then no one's going after him, and no one's doing anything. In 1988, when the Bad Boys Pistons were playing, it would have launched into a, an all-out brawl with some of the stuff that was going on. So it's just a different game today. And my biggest issue is Draymond Green really challenging everyone's intelligence by claiming he doesn't mean to do some of the stuff that that he does on the court which we all know he's intending to do. He's intending to do it while making it look like he's falling down. Yeah, he does. But he knows exactly what he's doing. But whenever he's called out, I think of Dylan Brooks last year with Memphis. 
whenever he's called out and Dylan Brooks is saying things like, if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. He plays with heart, plays hard. He knows the ins and outs of their defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. And then whenever they matched up, guess who won that matchup? Guess who piped down? It wasn't Draymond Green. So when it is time to show up and play, the guy does. Now, what happened in that series went on to affect Draymond Green on the court. But you normally get the Draymond that you want back on your team. The problem is it's now becoming a, a, a it's already a trend, but it's now it's now occurring much faster in a, a a much more frequent pace. And five games isn't that much of a suspension. And they said in the statement, Chad, going back to the Gobert choke, that they factored in previous altercations. And they still came up with five games. They've got to go and more I, than I that. I think they got criticized for the five games on that one. And now that he's back in, in relatively short order, he's doing this. Yeah. This has got to be a, a lengthy suspension. I'm not just talking about doubling it. I, I think this is like 25-plus game suspension territory. You've got to send a message. If you – I don't know if it's Joe Dumars or if Adam Silver is going to step in and do it himself, but whoever is levying the suspension – it's time to send a clear message because it's gotten ridiculous. Well, but they view it as a, a harsh suspension last time. I mean, again, it, it, Ja Morant was suspended 25 games. You know, that would be that if they think that is the top of the line, they're not going to go come close to that here. I, I again, I, and I, I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with you. For they need years. to be more. Like, what happened with Ja Morant was was too often. Over the course of a short amount of time, no doubt. But this is, this is, it's not a lifetime ban, but it's lifetime penalties in the league for, for Draymond Green. Well, but, but it's now a culmination of all of them. But what's happening with Draymond is on the court, though. Yes. You know, John Morant off the court, suspended 25 games. I have more of a problem with Draymond Green's lack of any bit of remorse. That's my issue if I'm the NBA more than anything else. It's that. You've got to acknowledge a problem here. Yeah. That it's not just the circumstances of every game you're in that crazy things are happening and you're the victim in all of this. No. It's you, dude. This happens over and over because of you and you're the one doing it. It's not circumstances around you. And at some point, you've got to get through to someone by saying, if this is happening over and over again around you, it's probably you. And it's definitely him in this instance. Let, let me... Let me ask it this way. If someone stepped up and kicked his ass, what would happen? Does that help the situation at all? I, it would help the situation with me. Well, I'm just, but I'm, would it stop him from doing well, it? If someone gets like spinning back fist to the side of the face or a chokehold, if you had someone else step up to his level and they treat him the way the Warriors piped down with had Dylan Brooks piped down, to me... That sends the message of the alpha in the room. And right now, Draymond's on the court. He's the alpha on the court. He yeah, is. I mean, look, I don't know that what he's doing is, is alpha moves, though. They're cheap shots. Well, but he and has I no can't, remorse. I can't, and he's... Fault, I can't fault a guy for saying, I don't want to get suspended for 10 games or five games because I retaliate and throw a punch because he slaps me in the face. And now I've incited a brawl. Well, I don't know and if you would, though, because past instances led to a five-game suspension for Draymond. So I mean, look, if you, there's, you know what I'm saying. Like, if there's someone on a bench out there 
that wants to go out there and provoke Draymond and he does this no. one more time and it's a hockey enforcer type situation, have that. No, I'm not saying the enforcer. The, 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 the guy on the other end of the smack or the stomp. Yeah, no, steps my up point is you want that to be an enforcer that's not much of a player on your team. If you want a guy out there who's big and willing to fight, he goes out there and roughs up Draymond knowing he's going to eventually take a cheap shot at him. And when he does, you tee off. Well, uh, If no, you want to take it in your no, own hands, that's what you do. Right. But no one's doing that. No one's stepping up to that level. And Draymond's doing it time and time again. I bet there's someone in the league that'd be willing to. All you got to do is say that, you. I mean, Draymond was the aggressor in my example here. You're, you're retaliating. You're not stepping up and you're not bringing the heat upon tip off. You're not dropping the gloves. I mean, you're either punched in the face or you're stepped on. And it, those guys just kind of, you know, they they speak to the media and that's it. Like I'm willing Rudy to Gobert's talking about, well, if he could choke, if, if that actual, if he actually was good at this, I would it would have been lights out. Like you got to you got to be more than that in the response. I'm willing to bet there's one huge Serbian somewhere that they could put in a game that would be willing to fight Draymond Green. We could end this once and for all. There's a few. Somewhere there's someone ready to fight. Somewhere there's a, a boxing ring. Likes to fight guys out there. Yeah, in a pay-per-view. Talk Michigan next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth the Peabody are located with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Coming up in about 20 minutes, primary complaints. We're ready to go on that. Chad, we were discussing yesterday uh, just the weird circumstances or the lack of really detail behind what's up with Juwan Howard and the altercation. The you've got the the heart surgery and much more, and that's on top of the <laughs> fact that they, that Michigan has no comment. They're dealing with everything that's been going on all football season. They're the number one team in the country, headed to the college football playoff. I, I mean, think a lot of people reacted to the Juwan Howard news like I did and said, so wait, he's recovering from open-heart surgery and fought a strength coach right. in practice? And that's what we're talking about now? I, During his recovery? We've, well, he's not been the head coach on the bench yet yep, this season, right. but he's fighting the strength coach? Clayton Zafi joins us. We'll get some details here uh, from the Wolverine at, at on three. 
Clay, thank you for the time and hope things are well. Yeah, things are all right. I feel like I only come on, though, when there's a controversy, but it seems like I come on a uh, decent amount. Hey, you got to stop having controversy at Hanover. We, we won't do it anymore. I you're mean, at the, you're at the every center week of it's the, something new. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you might as well uh, have, you know, Draymond back in the state. It's, it's the new Tennessee. You know, for years, the University of Tennessee would have something like this, something <laughs> wild. It seemed like every two or three months, and we're, we're broadcasting in Nashville, that we'd be dealing with. Now Ann Arbor, Michigan is the new Knoxville when it comes to wild stories of uh, possible inappropriate activity. So what, what detail behind the scenes have you been able to gather at the Wolverine with what went down and where we are with all this right now? Yeah, and there was more that kind of came out today through reporting as well uh, on top of what we heard, but from The Athletic and Jeff Goodman talked about it on his podcast as well. And it seems like, you know, you're kind of able to put the pieces together a little bit. Jace Howard, uh, Jawan's son, who's a redshirt junior guard on the team and has missed the entire season to this point, was kind of frustrated, you know, about his status, you know, wants to be cleared to play and was uh, kind of letting the trainer have it a little bit. John Sanderson, the strength coach, hears that, um, you know, apparently was trying to break that up and, and basically said something like, hey, this is why the culture is the way it is right now. Uh, Jawan Howard hears that comes in and, and it seems like those two got chest to chest and it was pretty heated and they had to be separated. Uh, the most interesting part that came out today from the athletic was the fact that it seems like John Sanderson filed a uh, HR claim against Juwan Howard. Uh, and that's what they're going through right now. HR is reviewing this. It is unresolved as of this afternoon. So certainly to me, I mean, we, we can get into all the specifics about yeah. how none of this is a good situation, but the probably the worst part of it to me is the fact that they couldn't handle a, a situation like this in program. And that probably speaks to a bigger issue about maybe what John Sanderson was sounding off about, you know, potentially the culture. Uh, the last couple of years haven't gone the way they wanted them to, at least the start of this year and last year missing the tournament for the first time in nearly a decade. So I think um, those frustrations seem to boil over. And then obviously if you're the head coach of the program, you know, it's one thing for players to get into it during a practice or assistants, maybe to have a heated discussion, but the head coach to, to uh, you know, act like that from what's being reported and what we've heard is obviously a you know, pretty rough situation. What should we make? And we, we were questioning this yesterday about the zero tolerance policy yeah. in the contract based on previous incidents and how this will be viewed. And we were pairing that with Ward Manuel giving a no comment. Yeah, that's a, uh, that, that's a good point to bring up too because he obviously had the incident at Wisconsin where – Things got a little bit out of hand, five-game suspension after he struck Joe Krabenhoff, the Wisconsin assistant. And at you know at that point is when Ward Manuel, Michigan's AD, put into effect a no a zero-tolerance policy against, uh, not against Jawan Howard, but for Jawan Howard. Um, the fact that, again, it couldn't be handled in the program or even within the athletic department, they had to kind of go to the outside HR, um, speaks to the fact that, okay, there's this zero tolerance policy. They're reviewing it. I mean, if they find, find that Juwan had some sort of fault here, which it seems like he might, then I think get, things get a little bit dicey. So they play Saturday. You would think by then, at, you know, that we have some sort of resolution. But if you're Juwan Howard, you're probably in the back of your head thinking, I have this policy in effect. And, you know, right now people are, are discussing what happened and trying to figure it out. And, I mean, there's got to be some sort of doubt as to whether you're going to be on the bench Saturday or – whether you're going to keep your job. So was it Sanderson's decision to not be with the team over the weekend after this happened, or was this a program decision? So we had heard 
after the game on Sunday at Iowa, and he hasn't been at practice either this week. We had heard that it was a Sanderson decision, um, so not not a hundred percent sure on that, but that's kind of what we had heard. And that tracks um, with it, the HR complaint for sure. So you know he's the one that filed the complaint. Maybe it's like, hey, all right, take a step back. He also works with a couple other sports at Michigan. Um, but certainly he, and it's worth noting too, for people that don't follow Michigan that closely, John Sanderson has been here for a long time. You know, he was a holdover from John Beeline staff when Jawan Howard took over and he has been one of the most key uh, pieces of this program. Guys like Nick Stauskas and Karis Levert, uh, and, and, uh, Kobe Bufkin, who was just the number 15 pick this past year. And many more have talked about the influence that he's had. Uh, a lot of them stuck around in the spring and summer. And, and worked with him and were able to kind of make these big leaps into NFL or NBA draft picks, excuse me. Um, so he's a big piece of this program, which is worth noting too. So like Jim Harbaugh, you got another Michigan guy that's there that's coaching the team. Are Michigan yeah. fans ready to go to war for Jawan Howard the way they are Jim Harbaugh right now? Or do they really care one way or the other about how this thing ends up with him being the coach or not? Yeah, that's a good question too. I, I mean, to the extent that they are for Jim Harbaugh, no. And I, I don't even think it's close. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of reading this and from what I've seen from fans reaction today and in the last couple of days, it's, it's, you know, they're, it's pretty split. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people understand that it's, it's just not the situation you want. I mean, if they were winning on the floor right now, they're five and five, they missed the tournament last year, as I mentioned, uh, if they were winning, it would maybe be a different story. Um, and certainly that's kind of the case with just about everything, right? If Michigan were number one in the country, I don't think you'd have as many Michigan versus everybody t-shirts and sweatshirts sold, but they're the number one team in the country uh, in football. So you're seeing all that kind of support as they go through everything they're going through. But on the basketball side, when the winning's not there and you're having in incidents like this, I think that's where you lose support, uh, not only from the fans, but potentially internally that could lead to some decisions being made that, that wouldn't work out in anybody's favor. I'll say I, nobody wants this to happen during the year, I don't think, but this is a key, key week as they look into it. Um, and then nothing would surprise me after the season, you know, if he's able to survive it this week. The Wolverine.com is the site. Uh, we're joined by Clayton Safey. Uh, the discussion about the contract extension for Jim Harbaugh, and it's thrown out there that there would be a clause where he can't interview for an NFL job. Uh, what do you make of that? And given the fact that Harbaugh's got the number one team in the country. He can wait this out. He's got the leverage moving forward where he won't have to sign that with that as a, a part of the contract and the extension, I would, I would presume. Yeah, so what's being reported is that he, you know, there, there would be that clause in there where he can't look at the NFL or consider it this coming off season. Like you just said, I was about to say is, well, that clause could be in there, but he could sign it in February after he goes through that process again. So that, that seems like a possibility to me. I think there are also still some people that are optimistic that it could get done before the bowl game. Um, not willing to put timelines on Jim Harbaugh contract extensions anymore. I think every time I've come on the last several months, we've talked about it. And, you know, every time it's, it just feels like things change so quickly and, and things do change when you're in, in the middle of an NCAA investigation yep. too. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be that much of a, a hurdle anymore from the Michigan side. I think they're, they're willing to give him that. And it sounds like he'll be the highest paid coach in the big 10, but if you're Jim Harbaugh and you may face a suspension next year, I think that's certainly something to consider when you may have other options in the NFL where you could coach game one through game 17 and possibly into the playoffs. But if you're at Michigan, 
and you serve a six game suspension, for example, and I don't know, that's what it's going to be, but it's kind of a number. Some people are throwing out. He served six this year. Then I think it's something you certainly have to take into account. So, so just from the perspective of the NCAA investigation, uh, five year extension is what is, is reported. Uh, from Michigan stand uh, and where they stand, are they viewing this as the NCAA as we know it is not going to be the same five years from now? Harbaugh would view it the same way if he signs this, and presumably, maybe there's a different governing body looking over college football. Again, all hypotheticals, but it doesn't look like they're all too worried about what the NCAA might do instead of what the Big Ten has done. Yeah, I think that's that's probably part of part of things. I think more than that, though, is that they they feel like from what they've learned throughout this process, because, you know, look, if you're a Michigan administrator, too, and this comes up, you want to look into it and figure out what the facts are. You didn't know this was going on necessarily. It doesn't seem like, you know, as many people as maybe originally thought did know this was going on with Connor Stallions and all this. Um, so I think part of it is from what they've learned so far, they don't have any reason to, you know, cut ties with Jim Harbaugh or say, Hey, maybe we don't want to give him this big contract or whatever. Um, so I think it's more about that than what the NCAA is going to be years from now. But I, I do think you have to, you have to consider that. Um, and also it's worth noting too, that this has been long overdue. Like it was put on pause this past winter, almost a year ago now because of the first NCAA investigation from what people are calling burger gate. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. So it's kind of long overdue anyway. I mean, he, he's he's clearly got the best program in the Big Ten at this current moment and uh, is being paid on just over $7 million in base salary compared to about 10 for Ryan Day and guys like that. So it's certainly something that, that has been in the works for a while. It's just had some speed bumps, and Michigan just does not work all that quickly either, having covered uh, a few of these now. It seems like every year we're in the same spot. Connor Stallions is a diehard Michigan Wolverines fan and dreams of being the coach. What's he doing right now? Where is he? Well, he was spotted in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game as a diehard fan. I think just spectator of the team. Um, he's been spotted in the background of some Dave Portnoy pizza reviews on Barstool as well. Um, so I think you know he's probably uh, he's probably doing that. I know he has a standing offer from Barstool. He probably has some offers from companies that are trying to uh, make a documentary out of this one day, buy the rights to it or something like that. But as far as we know right now, I think he's, he's laying a little bit low, although he was at a bar in Indianapolis, according to a social media post. So uh, maybe not all that low, but I think he's kind of just laying low. He resigned. And um, you know, the funniest part too, is the CMU screenshots on their sideline from the Michigan state yeah. game. NCAA has gone up there twice now, I think for almost a week at a time to ask around CMU and investigate there. Cause he would have been there for CMU if he was there from what we've heard. Um, they haven't been able to figure out, this is how, how dumb the NCAA is. They haven't been able to figure out who the hell that was. <laughs> That's my favorite part That's a, of this whole thing. Well, and CMU, remember the athletic director said, we're going to launch a, a, an investigation into this and we're going to get to the bottom of it. And I, that's the only time I've ever heard her voice. And she's not updated us on the investigation since. Uh, are we ever going to get an update on the Central Michigan investigation into how he got? We know pass? he's at the Big Ten Championship, but we don't know if he. Is yeah, can someone just call Dave Portnoy and find out where he is and put him on the phone <laughs> and figure it out? It's so great. It's so great because I think we could be sitting here in five years and, and be like, who who was that? Because if if you're the CMU AD or president or if you're Jim McElwain. You look at the photo, and Jim McElwain knows Connor Stallions, I'm pretty sure, because they were both at Michigan together 
for uh, for a year well, there so, when McElwain... someone gave him uh, Central Michigan gear to wear. I mean, so it... so you're claiming they actually are saying they don't know if it's him or not. No, I'm saying you would know who it is, right? If it wasn't him, yeah. But correct, it's all, it's all hypothetical because technically we can't figure out who it is. We oh, don't know who that was. Goodness gracious. Um, what, I'm sure you saw the video of Michigan's reaction at their watch party when Alabama was the fourth team and not Florida State. Did you take that as disappointment from the Michigan team seeing Bama's name pop up as the opponent and not Florida State? So I was in that room. One, my video was one of the ones that was kind of going viral a little bit. We were kind of in the corner. And some of the physical reactions, there was someone that stood up and kind of was like, what the hell? Um, that, was, that was not somebody on the team. I don't know who that was. Some of the grumbling in there, I think, was a little bit more shock than anything because, you know, of the Florida State situation. Um, I didn't read as much. I, w- I mean, again, I was in that room. I did not read as much into that as the general public did. I don't really know how relevant it is. I also don't know that it, it has any effect one way or the other, because one of the things coming out of the TCU college football playoff game last year when they lost as a big favorite was that they were overconfident. So maybe that'll eliminate this. So maybe it'll actually be a positive. So I, I didn't, I didn't take too much into that. We've got to be brief here about 30 seconds, but it- Ohio State, all the talk all season was about can they match the physicality of Michigan. Michigan is now that is now a part of that discussion when it comes to the college football playoff, right? They've got a point to prove against Bama. They do. And, you know, it's Bama. I mean, we all know it may not be a vintage Bama team, but it's Nick Saban. He's 6-1 and one in semifinal games. It's Alabama watching their games and, and watching some of it here in the last couple of weeks. They're very physical at the line of scrimmage. They obviously have a ton of talent. And they have a quarterback that you got to contain. So you're absolutely right. They got a lot to prove here. And uh, 10 seconds. Do they want, if they win, do they want Washington or Texas? I mean, I don't know if we'll get a reaction video or anything like that, but I would want Washington. Okay. I think they're just less of a complete team. Texas to me feels like a, an SEC, um, very good team at, at oh, the yeah. line of scrimmage. Yeah. They got the quarterback and they got some weapons. So I would take Washington. Clayton, thank you as always, man. Always really good uh, at, at, with your time and with your knowledge and perspective on this. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Clayton Safey there. TheWolverine.com is where you can find Michigan coverage. Primary complaint next. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton with our rolls on across the Outkick Network. Hutton, what did you think of the Michigan reaction video when Alabama popped up? I thought it was a little bit overblown. There they, was kind of a gas from a few people, but it wasn't like guys were like standing up throwing their lunch plates. Angry. I feel, I feel like that 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 would be the same reaction to let's see if they had Texas. Yeah. Or Washington. It just surprised. It wasn't as if much they, devastation as surprise. I think there would be more fuel to the fire had Florida State popped up. Because that's who they wanted. 
If they started that's a erupting and applause. I mean, I, I, I don't mean this as a knock to Florida State, but if you're taking on the backup quarterback. And you want the third string you're quarterback. You're watching backup. just how – the defense is legit. They've played some good defenses, though, this year. Michigan. You want the backup. You don't want Alabama, who's surging, who just beat Georgia. And, and, and for that matter, you don't – at that point, it could have been Georgia. And think about the offseason name on the wall and the offseason drills. They had a Georgia period in their offseason practices. That would be the matchup that would be awesome to see how they – I can't wait to see what happens in the trenches, though, because of – now it's now it's the Ryan Day treatment in a way. It's like, hey, you've, Michigan's always done this in the regular season. Now prove it in the college football playoff. The good news is if you're Michigan, you can still play the us-against-the-world deal. Yes. Because even though Michigan is still currently favored in Vegas – I feel like most people, most experts think it's going to be Texas and Alabama for the national title. So you can still play up the nope, no one thinks we can win. Everybody thinks Bama's better. Everyone hates us. That has worked well for the Wolverines thus far. They're going to play that card one more time. And I'm just, I don't, I don't know if we're giving that Michigan team enough credit right now. Not Harbaugh, not Harbaugh, just the team. Because the, the the reaction that sparked the oh they wanted the, another team they didn't want Bama. I look at it as they're just straight business, and that's how they were whenever Harbaugh and all this they mess are, went down. I, I, and they, I will they, say, use, I don't they think, use it to their advantage. I don't think enough is being made about their strength of schedule, as opposed to they're only eight spots better than Florida, Florida State, State, which everyone acts like was Liberty's schedule this year. Uh, it's not much difference between the two. I think the difference was they, you know, they dominated, but they didn't play great against Maryland. You know, they had some games like anyone does over the course of a season where you're not going to have it and you're going to win by less than you think you should win by in a game. But that was really Ohio State, though. That was Michigan. Ohio State had that also. You want to know how you win respect in college football as a big-time program? You go beat an SEC champ, and that, that's the chance they have now. No one's asking any questions about Michigan's schedule if they beat Bama. Plain nope. and simple. So go beat an SEC team, something they have not done when, when they've been to the playoff, have not been able to do that. So you beat an SEC team, and you are in big boy football at that point. No one's going to question anything you've done. If they beat Florida State, if it's them there, and look, I think it should have been Florida State, but if it's Florida State to the point of the surprise they had or excitement that it was or, or disappointment that it was Bama, everyone's saying, well, you beat someone with a backup quarterback. So now go prove it against right. whoever it was in the national championship, right? So uh, they got a chance to erase any doubt. Not that everyone should be doubting that on-field product of Michigan, but whatever doubt is left is erased with a win over Alabama. I also get this vibe. There was not a lot of respect in front of Stetson Bennett until he had to go prove it in a back-to-back -back performance. And he did it in the, in, after a bad performance in the SEC championship game. Showed up and showed out in, in the college football playoff, right? Yeah, he had to duel with C.J. Stroud, who's right. going to be and, NFL Rookie of the Year. And the year prior, fans wanted him benched going into the college football playoff. I look at, it's not the same you know, storyline with J.J. McCarthy, but there's this sentiment and perception that He's just really good running this offense and turning around and handing the football off to Blake Corum and company. 
I think we're going to see the J.J. McCarthy that's projected first round in the playoff. I do. They're going to have to have that with the defenses they'll be facing against Bama, Texas, or, or against Washington where you've got to put up some points. I was looking at Matt Miller's first first round projection yeah. for the draft. What do you have? J.J. McCarthy, seventh overall to the Raiders. I, we had a discussion about the third quarterback selected. There are, we don't know the coach there, but you know the coach that's been mentioned there. To now the he Raiders. had Jaden Daniels fourth. But think about who's going to be coaching the Raiders, hypothetically. Harbaugh. Yeah. Again. That'd make an Dra- easy decision. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, report from Jeremy Fowler, who says that barring a late-season collapse, the Falcons are not expected to fire Arthur Smith that they'll keep him for another year. Late-season collapse would mean they have the Panthers followed by the Falcons, or excuse me, followed by the Colts, then the Bears, then the Saints. Barring losing out to these teams, Arthur Smith is yeah, What does collapse mean? If they lose three or four, is that a collapse to those teams? I mean, if they lose all of them, it's definitely a collapse. That is a, an odd report. I think you need to get to the point, if you're going to be an anonymous source on something, you need to get to the point of he's coming back next year no matter what based on what we've seen other than, hey, there's still four games left. Barring collapse, he's coming back. Because when that report's out there, you can't put that genie back in the bottle and not right. have everyone thinking about the math of the games that are left and what constitutes collapse. Because I would say three out of four is a collapse with that remaining schedule. Four out of four, absolute collapse. So what does it take to get him fired now? You see what I'm saying? Like, wait till you beat the Panthers, and then you come out and you say, hey, Jeremy, I got a scoop for you. He ain't getting fired. He's coming back. I I wonder if that means Ritter. Again, things need to shake up a little bit there, uh, at the quarterback spot especially. Uh, The CEO is out at at Sports Illustrated uh, with the publisher, uh, the Arena Group with all the, the AI writing and fake bios and fake profiles and, and uh, people that are writing stories that they say that didn't happen, but, I mean, that they're, no longer, they're no longer practicing or uh, trying out versions of stories that are written by, by AI. Uh, the, the CEO, Ross Levinson, is out. And this shows you, if there are other media outlets, if there are other... Uh, distributors that are doing this while they're going to continue to test these things, Chad, you better not have the test fail and, and try to fool the audience, have it fail and then have the perception that you're straight line to the viewers, the audience, the readers that are looking for trustworthy information in their news topic for another day and a football off season topic. What happens when human writers become forms of AI? Because I think that's what's starting to happen now, too. I feel like there are writers that are programmed to only say one thing a certain way and write it a certain way using the same adjectives. And I think that the algorithm that's in place in social media and people being too online has caused humans to almost act and replicate what AI would do. And and I'm trying to run from that with a lot of things that I read and I want original voices and original thought and what I'm seeing. 
And I think that we're getting into an era where human writers and content makers are becoming a human form of AI. Uh, that's a lot. That's heavy. I know I didn't mean to load that on everyone right yep. now, but we'll, we'll lay that out in a long-form discussion at some point, because well, I, I fear that's what's happening. Yeah, the writers too. actually have someone write for them, AI write for them as well. No, be, I, I'm, I'm saying, saying they could do that right now. I'm saying brain-wise, I'll explain it. I think I explained it pretty well. I'll explain it further another time. I think people are being trained by social media and what they read to write the same thing over and over again about the topics. Yes. It's not even groupthink. It well, is on, it's being too online. I think you read certain stuff because of your algorithm online, and then you regurgitate it in the same way over and over and over and over again. Look at those that use the same adjectives to describe every piece of media content out there. You'll see what I'm talking about. So it's SEO. They're just writing to SEO to where they get the likes, like the search engine optimization. I, I, I think – I don't know if the it's hashtags. as much that as their brain is becoming SEO. Like they're just now – that's all they think in that way. They're not thinking, oh, if I write this word, this is what's going to happen. I think it's something even worse than that. But Dave, Dave you're saying like if you're, you're, you're saying they're using certain words so they pop up in search engines and in yes. other algorithms. Yes. It's a common to get reoccurrence now. Correct. Turning into AI, Chad, to get clicks. Well, whatever it is, it's, AI. it's sinister. So let's get to primary complaint. Let's do it. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, there was a time when... Uber, if you were not at your pinpoint, the pickup location, they were pissed off at you, right? They, you're not, we're, we're here where you said to, to pick you up. Where are you? Now, they're not even going to the pinpoint where I'm standing. They expect for anyone to walk down the street, take a left, and then go up next to, you know, the Starbucks where they're, they're currently just sitting and chilling in a spot instead of actually circling around and picking you up at the pinpoint location, which is what Uber suggested. Uh, I'm paying you. It's not the other way around. It's my primary complaint. Come to me. I'm not going to go to you. You come to me because I'm the one paying. I walk to the spot, and you, I'm sharing the location. You can see where I am. Pick me up call? at that spot. They, they, they pretend they like, can't hey, see. No, they now see they you. message. Now they message. I have arrived. And I'm like, no, you haven't, because I'm standing at the arrival position. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, my primary complaint also involves transactions. I uh, was in a store today doing some Christmas shopping. It's one that I don't frequent. And, I mean, I'm getting asked every question just to be able to swipe my, my credit card to pay. What's my email address? What's my phone number? What's my zip code? And finally, I'm asking, do I have to give you all this? Well, no, but you're going to be signed up for rewards. No, 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 no. Just, can I just swipe my card? I've got the nice thing where I can just swipe it over this thing right now and pay you. Can we please get to that process quicker than me answering 20 questions? That is my holiday season primary complaint. You know, going back to one Hutton had earlier uh, this fall, I believe it was about the tips and how you have to select for the tips now. Right. Uh, the other day, I, I, I was at a place to where I physically had to type in zero for the tip. It had automatically calculated the tip on uh, at 25%. And if I didn't change that, it was going to go ahead and just automatically tip. So I was just wanting to follow up on that. But my uh, primary complaint today has nothing to do with tipping. It actually just has to do with the fact that headlights are too bright now. 
I, I drive a newer vehicle, and I, I'm pro probably part of the problem where I know my headlights are too bright uh, on my Camry, part of the Cam Fam. But I know for like <laughs> trucks that are driving behind me, like I have to move my head and weave as I'm just driving because the LED lights are shining so bright, hitting the mirrors, that it's just blinding me to where I can't even see where I'm going at night. And it's getting to the point, I, I've heard other people have the same problem. And I mean, can we go back? Was it the. Just the yellow lights that eh, maybe didn't see 200 yards ahead, but it was enough to where I wasn't blinded when I was driving on the other side of the road. Yeah, I, I, some of these new uh, headlights or the lamps are just, uh, it looks like it's they have much. their high beams on. They don't. Meanwhile, well, I, he's mentioning the, uh, the Camry. I'm thinking, I drive a Dodge Stratus. Yes. The SNL skip with Will Ferrell. Uh, the Cam Fam also is really good. Do you guys wave at each other like the owners of Jeep Wranglers? No, I used to when do that. When you see another Camry, Camry, do you, do you wave? No, I, I, did, I did do that whenever I was driving my Chevy Blazer, though. I drove that's a, just a special brother. My first vehicle was a Jeep Cherokee, which was older, but I tried to do that with other Jeep Cherokees, just like the Jeep Wrangler family could wave at each other. It did not take off. Now Chad does it. It did with, not take off. Hey, no here, one would do it back. It was Here comes very a fellow sad. pickup man. But by the way, being a noted truck guy now, yeah, as I am, I always feel like I'm blinding people. I'm so high up, Hutton, that those lights are shining right on them. I, yep. I feel bad like I'm blinding everyone that's coming at me. Did I say I felt bad? I don't. Because you never feel you bad driving a truck. You don't. Only truck people understand. You are the Draymond Green of truck drivers. I am. I will slap another truck driver, or Pick up. especially a Camry driver, yeah. in the face and then pretend it was an accident, just like Draymond Green. That's how I roll. That, I mean, and you'll get away with it. Noted truck guy here. Big truck guy. The camera guy. guy's not going to. Huge truck guy. That's me. He's not going to test you. AJ Przezinski joins us next. We'll talk Otani contract. <laughs>